0: Episode forty-three of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashbaugh. As always, joined by my co-host Sixten Funquist, who is having a very large stretch and yawn right now. How are you, Sixten? I'm fine, David. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. It's uh, well, it's Friday, so happy Friday to everybody out there. It's a beautiful day here in Linzoping, although it is pretty chilly. According to my phone, it's minus three outside right now. But hey, I'd take minus three and cold or and sunny over plus five and rainy any day. Yeah, for sure. I dropped my kids off at preschool uh, a couple hours ago and we had minus
1: five, but still my daughter could ride her bike because it's a nice dry day outside, no ice. Uh,
0: So after this, I'm going to go for a walk in the sunshine. Yeah, I'm going to go for a bike ride as well. So just get out and do something. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, we don't have a whole lot to talk about on the episode today because, well, the SHL is kind of coming into a one-game-every-night style of format for the next week or so. But no, no, had... no, 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 no. Well, yeah, actually,
1: what the hell? No, actually, uh, right, just up until Tuesday, because on Tuesday there's a full schedule again, so uh, okay. but we've had that for, well, this weekend. Through the week. Well, yeah,
0: because since our last last episode, we've only had two games played, uh, Malmö and Verlunda back on Tuesday, and then Linköping and Färjestad last night.
1: Yeah, and as of today, Friday, we have uh, Erbru facing Brinas, tomorrow we have Malmö facing Färjestad, and on Sunday, Brinas will face Lexan, so
0: there are five games in seven days. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I'd be interested to see if this is like, this must be one of the first Saturdays in a long time that there's only a single hockey game in the SHL.
1: I think so, yeah. Uh, if not counting those catch-up games during the uh, Bayer hockey games, but it's a weird season, and yeah, you have to make do, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, should we maybe start off with uh, Melmo Forlunda back on Tuesday?
1: We should. I don't like Forlunda anymore. <laughs> I, <don't
0: laughs> I mean, what's I didn't going on. I didn't watch the game, but I watched the highlights, and from the highlights, they're they're just not looking good. They got scored. They gave up three breakaway goals. I guess you could argue that the Joel Valeno goal was kind of a partial break, but one of them was a shorthanded breakaway. They they had another just outright outrageous breakaway goal where there was no Frölunda player within you know a, a distance where they could track down the. I can't remember who scored the goal, but it was yeah. And and Malmo came away with the the four nothing victory. So Frölunda couldn't get anything going at all, and um, that's Malmo's sixth straight win, and if I'm not mistaken, that's Ferunda's sixth straight loss.
1: yeah, and uh, we talked about Ferunda uh, in the last episode when they t- well, <laughs> they keep finding ways to lose right now and it's uh, I, no, it's not their sixth straight loss they won in Lulio last week, but uh six and seven I think um they're they're we talked about them playing on the outside, not getting those greasy areas and obviously they didn't score a goal again. Um, something's off, and I can't really. I don't think we can dig into any more details in what needs to be done because, back to basics, all the cliches, shots on goal, get to the greasy areas. Basically, they, that's what they need to do. I don't think they can. You can fine tune anything into success from here. You need to go deep and go back to any basics. Remove all the you know pretty plays and. Making it look like you're a superstar if you're not and stuff like that. I I don't know, but we're focusing on Malmo, so I'm just punching. Well,
0: up. Well, well, Just just uh, like you said, they they failed to score again. For Lunda has been shut out in three of their last five games, and that's uh, yeah. Like you said, I don't I don't even know where to start on them. So let's focus on Malmo.
1: Yeah, uh, Malmo. Like I said, like we said before, um, they're they're still buying in and they haven't stopped buying into their game plan and their style of play. And it's I, I like it. I like it a lot. It goes a long way to show confidence in your coach. And I think. Uh, some other teams, some other where, uh, somewhere else, might have pulled the trigger and replaced uh, Joachim Fagerwall uh, earlier on in the season. And Malmö's Patrick Silvergord has shown great confidence in in Fagerwald and uh, making sure that he he knows that that he is Sylvigord's man. And it's paying off. It's it's uh, they're looking solid. Um, they they're looking up the standings rather than down the standings. They got a six point cushion to lean shopping. Who, with four games in hand I should add um I like it I like yeah. it a lot and they've um, got Oscar uh, Austin felt obviously
0: <laughs> well well like you mentioned they put uh, put a cushion between them and Lin Choping they've got five games in hand against and as well but more importantly they've got a 10-point cushion, uh, cushion against Oscar Sham an 11-point cushion against Brenus and a 12-point cushion against hv71 both Brenus and Oscar Sham do have games in hand against Malmo but they are uh, they're behind the eight- ball right now as Malmo is just on a roll sitting in 10th place and I think it's not guaranteed yet but Malmo is looking good to make the playoffs
1: yeah well, they're at least looking good not to be involved in the relegation battle. and I even though everyone wants to make the playoffs and you you all the players kind of talk about it in Malma. Um, I might be a bit you know playing it safe, but as long as they avoid those relegation battles, they should be pretty satisfied actually with what they've gone through during their season with Covid and the rough start and and adapting to a new style of play, many players coming in and we said it off the hop of the season that Malmö are in a bit of a rebuild um having brought in players for the future they have got a well brand new captain in in Oliver Lawrence and his first senior uh captaincy i believe uh they've lost very and DeMarco, obviously to San Jose Sharks San Jose Sharks um i like it i i think this is uh if they can make the playoffs and just get those like I don't know if if only if only like four games in or whatever. You that's a bonus, and uh, you sh- they should be feel kind of proud of, about their season so far.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and not just proud of their season, but proud of the fact that they've turned things around. I mean, just look at Malmo. A month ago, they were thirteenth, pretty much staring down the barrel of a relegation series, and have really turned it on, put six straight wins together. Uh, to boost themselves, well, they're they're within reach of your Gordon now as well because they've got five games in hand against your Gordon and they're sitting just two points back of that team from Stockholm. So, you know what? If if the Redhawks keep this going, they keep this hot streak going, they may manage to find themselves in the playoffs. I could see them being potentially a dark horse in the postseason if they're able to keep this level of play going.
1: Yeah, but let's not get too carried away because. Uh, I don't want to pee on anyone's fire here, but looking at their PDO over the past five games, I know they're there. I can ex- actually stretch it to the, we, their six game win streak. And just to be fair, they have a PDO of uh, 108.17. So we're not going to go into the details uh, very deep, but usually over a season, it averages out to a, an even 100 in terms of oh. puck possession, scoring chances both ways, and stuff like that. And when you're close to 100, you know they're playing to the mean so to speak and but having said that going on a pdo bender during this time of season is excellent for mama because they're getting the points they need what i want to make sure that everyone understands is that it might be might not be sustainable if they make the playoffs it, it might go haywire from here but that pdo bender might also be what kind of saves the team in the shl going forward so uh, not to take anything away, but let's not get ca- too carried away on what where they might en- end up because this
0: can go away very fast. No, Malmo championships championship season this season. I'm calling it.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> let's let's just compare because I think it's important to compare the PDO over the season. Uh, it might not be it might not be uh, a very fair comparison, but over the season they're at a hundred point a hundred and two point sixty four on the PDO, which is decent uh it's very more close to uh where they where they've been and uh no sorry that was the complete wrong uh thing that was over the past past month i'm gonna look at again it's 101.67 so it's even more close to the mean now um
0: so yeah on average they're looking good yeah yeah absolutely and um yeah like you said we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves but uh yeah compared to even just a few weeks ago uh the Redhawks. Uh, obviously feeling good rolling right now and are going to keep it and try try and keep that going to secure themselves a playoff spot.
1: Yeah, and I know I mentioned last episode that I'm going to try to bring someone on from the Red Hawks uh, or at least someone who knows a lot about the Red Hawks. I haven't re- received a reply yet, but I'm going to reach out again and I'll hopefully hopefully we'll get him on in the coming weeks. He said he's yeah. he's going to be on, so so uh, it's just a matter of time.
0: Yeah, and uh, the only other game that's happened this week since our previous episode was uh, last night. It was Choping taking on Farjestad, and Choping, of course, just kind of in a similar situation to Malmo, trying to stay out of the bottom two, trying to avoid that relegation series. Came away with a big 5-2 victory, um, in which they, they looked pretty solid in that game.
1: They did, and uh, I am I mean, you can look at the standings, and you see Choping in their 11th place. Um Five points ahead of Bruna's, but we're gonna get back to Brinas and the scheduling in a bit. So let's not get too carried away uh, anywhere here. But they, 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 Linköping do what needs to be done. They they're racking up the points, um, trying to avoid that relegation battle with every every means necessary. And uh, you gotta feel good about the team if you're if you're one of the coaches now because looking at Lien Shopping, they went up to nothing in the first period uh, yeah, last night maybe not a fair score after 20 minutes but but uh, they got some greasy goals and uh, then they dropped that lead it uh, could have gone easily gone the other way. Ferstat had a nice shot off the crossbar with Jakob Peterson or Pettersson, uh just firing a rocket from from uh, a bit out. Um, they, that could have easily gone you know bar down and it's been another game instead. They turn things around and and uh, in the third period and they score three times with uh, one being the shorthanded game winner from Patrick Lund I mean it's a, it's a solid team effort
0: yeah, it absolutely is. And um, the, the the thing that I think Linköping needs to take away from that victory is they, they fought hard right until the the final buzzer. They have they've had a tendency over the last few seasons to jump out to a lead. You know, that 2 nothing lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey. And then they'll give it up. And we saw them do that again as they jumped out to the 2 nothing lead in the first period. And then they allowed to have to score a pair of goals within quick succession. I believe it was like a pair of goals in less than two minutes in the second period to tie the game at two. But they didn't let that get them down. They came out in the third period, scored a quick pair of goals in the opening 10 minutes, and then that uh, kind of nail in the coffin from Patrick Lund, an absolutely beautiful snipe from the slot that was just a rocket of a shot to seal the deal.
1: Yeah, and uh, that's pretty much, you know, if and if you're going to take away uh, mental images or mental a mental push as a, as a linchpin player, team, or fan here, um, that Jakob Pettersson's a shot hit the crossbar going out and uh Patrick Lund scored a shot and well pretty pretty similar missile to be fair and it went in and that's the difference in the game
0: yeah that's uh, you know a difference of a couple of centimeters and uh, exactly. that, that's the result of the game right there so you know uh Linkoping, which they haven't been getting a lot this season got some puck luck in the victory and you know you got to you got to have some luck sometimes to win these games and uh Linkoping got it last night
1: yeah and i want to especially point out uh or shout out or hail if you will um jarno Kierke. i know i've been on about him before but he brings a style of play that you don't see ev- in every team in every league uh this time well in this uh, day and age and he's that you know he's that old school net front presence he, he deflects the shots he goes to he goes to those greasy areas he, he just stands there taking the punishment game in game out i, I think he's got 11 goals to his season now and I don't think, I, I can't, honestly, I know one of those goals has been outside of that greasy area. One.
0: Yeah, well, and, we saw it last night. Both of his goals, he was planted right in front of the net. Uh, one was a deflection. The other, I believe, he was just kind of cleaning up the garbage. Yeah. And, um yeah, so, uh you know, he's a big presence in front of the net. And, uh, like you said, 11 goals on the season so far, which, in my opinion, is is pretty good for Karki. But I think he's been a little, un- maybe a little underutilized this season for Linshopping. <laughs>
1: I think so. I think, well, I don't think you should utilize him, Uh, well, more than, more, I don't know, what's his average size time? Do you have it in front of you? Uh, I do not. Okay, let's, um, I'm just going to keep on talking about him anyway, because um, he's, he's. I don't think such a player you shouldn't play too much, because he doesn't have the, the speed nor flair to kind of do his man. He He needs to be parked in front of the net and just, Yeah, just clean up the garbage like you said and and he's a role player in that very sentence and such a player shouldn't be you know transitioning the puck or or breaking out plays or even uh being a cornerstone on the power play he's just supposed to be there do his i don't know what does he have 10 11 minutes a game
0: maybe i'm just Uh, taking a look right now yeah
1: and uh keep him there he he's a solid player and he's so underrated i really hope uh, if linchpin uh, managed to get a, get out of the woods here uh, that they keep him around because i think he's a, he seems to be a very appreciated player in the locker room as well and that's so important because I'm not drawing any comparisons otherwise, but, you know, Patrick Hornquist of Florida Panthers, he's a great locker room guy, and he goes to those greasy areas, get the punishment, scores the goals, goals, scores important goals as well, like Kerke. So so you need those players, and I, I like him. I like him a lot.
0: Yeah, and uh, Karki, I've got his stats right here. is uh, averaging 16-17 per game. Oh, that's a lot. And he's got he's got fourteen goals and nine assists. So he has been having a great season. And you know, for a bigger player that is tend to tends to get you know a little rough and tumble in front of the net. He's only got sixteen penalty minutes so far this season. So all around, he's having a good 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 campaign so far for your yeah. uh, shopping. And and he was actually pick up mid season pickup
1: last season from Tajikistan. We should mention, um, which was uh, well. That's the way the cookie crumbles. And uh, just to point out uh, the familiar- familiarity in the game, when when uh, Tyler Morley fed Patrick Lund to that 5-2 goal, uh, th- it was Ole Luxell, formerly of Linköping, who dropped the puck on the red line, giving Morley the puck basically on an unforced turnover uh, and margins are small in hockey.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, it was uh, all around. I think it was a, one of the more solid sixty minutes Lynchopings put together. Um, other than you know the, those two minutes in the second period where they gave up those uh, those pair of goals, but uh, they definitely should uh, should be happy with their performance last night. And it's a big big three points for them as well as uh, when when you look at the uh, bottom five in the SHL right now, Linköping has the most games played with 47 games played, Uh, you know, comparing that to uh, a who's only got 41, Oscar has got 42, HV 71's got 45 and Malmo's got 43. So Linköping needs to take advantage of all of their opportunities uh, because yeah, they're, they're, they're facing off against teams that have a ton of games in hand.
1: Yeah. And let's get into that. This win means nothing unless they keep on winning and keep on snatching points from opponents. And they do face, Sorry. They do face Brina's Tuesday, uh, a Brina's team who are playing twice before that. Given that the fact that we're talking on Friday, uh, that goes to show the, the schedule for Brinas. But it, what this win for Linchpin kind of meant in general, I believe um, it might have cemented HV71's fate in the bottom because they're they they are similar in games
0: played um, with the Two games in hand, but exactly. they're six points back. So exactly. there's your two so games in hand. They're,
1: they're forcing the, the hand on HV71 here. Uh, and a very... Well, the form of HV71 is poor, to say the least. I think they're one, two... I think they've got six straight losses. Um, Four... No, five. One, two... Damn it. Three, four, five... Five, Yeah, two of them being overtime, so they got two points in five games. Um, yeah, they, they kind of forced their hand on, on HV71 here. HV, H, sorry, HV71 face Fralunda Tuesday. Um, and honestly, if I were a betting man, I would be nowhere near that game because it can go either way.
0: Well, and just looking at Linköping's final... Uh five games of the season, like you said, they're playing Breenis on Tuesday, that's a big game for both of those teams, but it's bigger for Linköping, in my opinion, just because of Brinas', uh games in hand, and then they do face off against HV71 on the 23rd as well, which is going to be a huge game, um, and then just looking at Breenis' schedule, they play Lexand uh, and Arebro before they play Choping next week, so that's a tight schedule, uh, they play Lexand again on Thursday for London next Saturday, but they also play HV71 on the 20th as well as Oscar Sham on the 23rd. And so if you're Lin Shoping looking at those games, who would you want to win between HV71 and Brinus and Oscar Sham and Brinus? Would you maybe be hoping that they split those games, I guess? Uh, sorry,
1: HV71 and Brinus and Oscar Schaum and Brinus. Well, I would if I were Lin shopping, I would be hoping for HV71 to kind of win that game if Lyn shopping manages to to get those three points against Brinus as well. Um, yeah. But I it's hard i think i think each team needs to focus on getting the 3 points for themselves and not to kind of ho- put your put any faith in hope if if that makes sense you know not 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 count to count on every anyone else doing the job for you now Shipping are in a very difficult spot here it, like i said it looks good on, in the standings being in, 11, uh, in on 11th place but Lots of things can happen. What I want to point out is that Brinus played 10 games in 19 days, which is a lot. Uh, they do have, like we said before, one of the best goalies in the league in Savile Airzone. But, I mean, by the end of those 10 games, like game nine or 10, what are are their legs going to look like?
0: Well, both Brinus and Oscar have crazy yeah. schedules because Oscar plays 10 and 19, Brinus plays 10 in 17, I no, think. It's the, uh, or is it the, the other, other way, way around? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so both those teams are, are going to have to kind of dig deep and find another gear to be able to finish this season without, without you know, uh, feeling the effects of that many games in such a short span of time.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to go through the schedule for Oskarsham here because it involves quite a lot of traveling. For those of you who don't know, Oskarsham are based in the, in the southern part of Sweden, in the county of Småland, um, or the region of Småland, I should say. Uh, and they do travel to Rögle, Tuesday, which is in at home, pretty close. Then they got Jurgården at home, Thursday 11th. Then they have Erebru at home, uh, uh, sorry, away on the 13th. So they have nine, 9th, 11th, 13th. Then they go Erebro. Uh, they have a back-to-back to Erebro. Then they play Frelunda away in Gothenburg on the 16th. Lexand away on the 18th. Sjöleftio away on the 20th. Malma, which is the complete opposite uh, end of the country from Caleftio on the 22nd. Brinas at home on the 23rd, and then they'd play HV71 in what could be a very, very important game for both teams on the 25th. And like we said, HV71 has a decent schedule going into the final stretch here. And HV71 actually face uh, Oscar Sand in the last game. And on the 23rd, they play lean shopping. So uh, the schedule makers are uh, lucky because the TV attendance will be high for these games, given the fact what's going on in the standings and around the relegation. And one team out of these uh, will not be playing in the SHL next season. So,
0: yeah. And um, yeah, well, just looking at their schedule for March, they don't have more than a day off between games for the rest of the season. And so that is a crazy packed schedule, something that you really don't often see in the SHL, but seen as how it has been a weird season with COVID being uh, delaying games and such. But the, uh, the two big games, potentially the two biggest games of the season for Oscar Sham come in their last two games of the season. Breenis on the 23rd and HV71 on the 25th. Those are going to be <clears throat> massive games. And like you said, the scheduler is doing a good job to boost those TV ratings. Because even if you're not a fan of either of those teams, I, you're going to want to watch them. Because that is uh, that, those two games are potentially going to have a huge impact on the whole league. I would
1: say that their potential three biggest games of the season come in the last three, uh, three, uh, three games of the season, and and uh, in, the, in a span of four days, adding to
0: yeah. that, Melmo, and HV71. So that's and, a that's a crazy end of the season given what the standings are right now.
1: Yeah, and two of the biggest games for Lean Shopping are also in the final two games with HV71 and Uro Gordon. So so it's it'll be a handful to keep track of, but it's going to be great fun watching. And yeah. someone, we, we, we kind of touched on this before that, you know, how about extending the season and stuff like that. But the player contracts expire on April 30th, I think. And uh, that is an issue. What they could do, we let's just go into that. It might be a possibility like to do what the NH- NHLPA and the NHL kind of did just to extend the contract season, if you will, quote unquote. Like extending the contracts throughout... Well, I'm not the remainder sure, of the
0: season. I'm not too sure how it ha- works in the SHL, but players don't get paid for playoff pl- games in the NHL. So, does that even affect their contract? I, I'm not sure. But uh, given the, last, the
1: fact that the contract—I don't know actually, Because the last two seasons in the
0: SHL, the the finals have gone into May. Uh, I think it finished like uh, well, not the last two seasons. Obviously, we didn't have playoffs last year, but the season previous to that, it went to I think the, it was game two or uh, game five where it ended and it was May 2nd I believe was the final game of the season um, so it's not the first time that the SHL has gone into May but it's definitely looking like it's going to go deeper into May than it has before and you'd have to assume if they were planning on extending the season again by an additional week they would have already announced it
1: that's true and uh, so we can count on uh, <laughs> an intense schedule and uh, I think it might have something to do with the uh, see more money see more being the rights holder of Oh, the SHL um i think they pay out what did we say uh, 38 or 40 million swedish crowns p- to uh per team every season so over, obviously important money for for uh, for every every team uh, this season and uh, and uh, i'm not sure what happens if they can't can't finish the season do they have to reimburse the money if so pretty much every team will go under financially so
0: oh, i have obviously- no doubt they'll be able to finish the season i don't Really no, no, but no I, was just, I was just... Uh, speculating?
1: Yeah, everything is speculation now. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but hey, uh, great fun, great entertaining ending to the season if you're a hockey fan, if you're a fan of e- any of those teams. Probably a nervous, nerve wrecking end to a season. But Shipping played ver- very well. They did what they were supposed to, uh, playing Ferrystad. Yeah. Malme are playing very well. They're doing what they're supposed to. It's pretty much up to Oscar Samnand and, and uh, Brinas and HV71 to kind of answer the call here.
0: Well, yeah, it's kind of like with that win last night. Lindshoping, you know, p- kind of put the ball back in the court of Oscar John Brinas and HV71 and said, you know, let's see what you got. Can you keep up, kind of thing? Yeah,
1: and keeping up is really the key here. Um, tired legs, COVID affecting the bl- the lungs, basically. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. But yeah, I think H, right. I, I think Oscar Sam did a great signing here prior to the to, to the deadline, adding uh, yet another goalie, so they got three goalies now. Uh, that might be very important going down the stretch with three healthy goalies, or somewhat health, healthy at least.
0: Yeah, um, well, I'd I'd like to take a look at the top of the standings now and talk about the final final games for uh, particularly Rogla and the Lakers, who are neck and neck right now for top spot in the league. Rogla, of course, obviously looking for their very first top regular season finish in club history um they're looking for just their well they will be getting their third playoff berth in club history last year was their second time making the playoffs which unfortunately never happened but this has been a huge season for rogla as a club um and they've really established themselves over the last couple of seasons as kind of the team to beat but one of the biggest games of the season speaking of big games is going to be saturday march 13th rogla and the lakers rogla at home hosting the lakers and i think that game has the potential to decide the regular season champion it should have,
1: um, g- given how much is left of the season. Well, the Lakers do have two games in hand. So, in theory, they can uh, get away with one point in, in Engelholm uh, and still kind of be within striking distance, I, I'd say. Because, well, looking at what might happen going down the stretch. But, yeah, I, I, it's it's a great matchup. Obviously, it's a two-horse race now, with Coleftio being third with eight, 81 points. Uh, they're... They're not going to catch Växjö, who has two games in hand. So it's a two-horse race now. Uh, looking at a bit further down, still we see the demise of Frölunda kind of affecting their table... Uh, sorry, their positioning in, in the league table with... Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, they're only four games... Sorry, four points ahead of Lexan in seventh. And Lexan has two games in hand. I think that's the most interesting battle, actually, because we the Frölunda is always hailed as a powerhouse and now they're on the on a slippery slope here
0: well yeah that, that battle for the the top, a top six position uh last week only had three teams but you got far eastad creeping in there now so it is going to be i think a four-team battle for the 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 top six or uh the sixth and fifth finish for uh Arebro sitting fifth just one point ahead of for at the moment like you mentioned lexand uh just four points back of for lunda with two games in hand and Fauristad, just two points back, Alexand, uh, with a game in hand against Forlunda as well. So if Fauristad pulls it together, they could definitely make a push for the top six. So we got a couple of interesting races to keep an eye on coming up to the the, the final uh, push towards the playoffs. But I just wanted to go back to that that uh, matchup between Rogla and the Lakers. I think the Lakers have a bit of an easier final uh, few games because they're playing facing off against HV71, Breenis, Malmo, and then they finish with a home-and-home against Forlunda. And with the way the Indians have been playing, um, they're they're like you said, not the not the team we're used to seeing. So I think the Lakers have a bit of an easier schedule when it comes to uh, the final few games of the season compared to Rogla. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it finishes. And boy would Vekra uh, like to kind of give a gut
1: punch to HV71, their local rival, kind of cementing them in the bottom as well. So that that'll be a nice game to watch. I think uh, I think that could. There, you you could see the emotions kind of getting the upper hand there and taking over. I think we could see quite a few, if not fist fights, but you know, uh, a, a greasy greasy game with a lot of physicality to it. And uh, I think that's what we kind of need now. I think we're everyone's gearing up for playoffs in one way or another, and uh, this game can be a bit of a um, ignition to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It'll. Oh. Uh, well, I'm just excited for postseason hockey this Me year. Me too. After. Jesus. After obviously such a disappointing cancellation of the playoffs last season, which was necessary, you know, no teams were really prepared for what had happened. But um, with everything they've learned this season, I think the playoffs will, uh, will go ahead pretty smoothly. I think so too. Uh, I hope so. What what
1: what kind of worries me is that we still see um, COVID outbreaks popping up or COVID uh, precautions being having to be enforced. Uh, what happens if that happens during the playoffs? What? How will that affect the schedule? Uh, it could seal a fate for one or two teams. I, I think that's a that's a complete unknown. So even though we, we we're fairly sure that we'll see a full playoffs, I don't know the structure or the setup.
0: Well, the all. thing, I, I, I realize nothing's been announced and it probably won't be, but I, I really feel like the league... To ensure the playoffs go off smoothly, should institute not necessarily a full bubble, but potentially a soft bubble, where they basically tell the players, if you break this set of rules, so you're going to be suspended and you won't be allowed to play to avoid a potential outbreak. You know, if you're caught at a club or a bar after a game, there yeah, no bars are no so suspended. So, well, true, but 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 you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you no know, socializing, keep players in bubbles that only interact with teammates and coaches, and. I, I doubt we'd see that happen, but like you said, like what happens if we if we have a major breakout in a team that has to postpone one of their playoff series? That that kind of throws a wrench in the whole in the whole system. What uh,
1: I'm gonna ask a very very uh... huh. Jesus, uh, sorry, I'm gonna ask a very weird question here. Comparing it, comparing the SHL with the NHL is comparing apples to oranges a bit, but it's the same sport, but in, in 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 terms of scale obviously the SHL doesn't have the amount of people working or the financial structure to to do what the NHL kind of did but are they in terms of scale as prepared as the
0: NHL were do you think no not 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 even close I mean the no. NHL's bubbles were like uh, I, I mean the only two leagues in The world last season that had successful bubbles were the NHL and the NBA, and they both pulled it off miraculously somehow, and they pulled it off to perfection. The NHL had something like, they they were testing like up to 5,000 people every week, and they didn't have a single case of COVID throughout the entire playoff run, which is just an incredible feat. I mean, they had uh, in Edmonton, that kind of worked out well with Roger Center being such a sophisticated new facility with hotels literally attached to the arena they were able to keep the players in the hotels they had you know gates basically between the hotels and the arena so that they couldn't interact with anybody from the outside um you know you had all of the support staff in the hotels the cooks the cleaners the the hosts the people that work in the lobby all of them were a part of the bubble as well all the broadcasters it was uh, it's 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 amazing they were able to pull it off, and I don't think the SHL has the well, first and foremost, financial capability to to pull something off like that.
1: No, uh, just to clarify, I mean they did five thousand tests a week, and not not five thousand people, but many people oh, five, got yeah. multi- multiple tests. But yeah, I, ju- I see your point, and that's that's what I meant by scale, because obviously the SHL don't have uh, such a place as. Rogers <laughs> in Edmonton or whatever but they do have a few arenas that could pull off something similar Malma Arena in Malma has a hotel at least one hotel directly attached to their in the very same building and you around the Globe arena in Stockholm you have two rinks uh, still I think with Oh Jonas yeah Hovind you've got w- Hovet and Hovet Yeah but Hovet is supposed to be torn down I'm not sure if you're I think they're playing there still so so yeah uh you could do put it off there and you got arena arenas sorry hotels close by the arena you could kind of put up a bubble there if need be yeah Um, but i
0: mean by this point if they were going to do it they would have had to start preparations. yeah Yeah, for sure we don't know if they had though
1: they have yeah because they're not saying anything so but that's what that's what i kind of meant by scale obviously you can't pull off maybe such a such a comprehensive bubble with the as the nhl did but given the fact that the Playoffs is shorter uh, here and uh, you can always adapt and uh, change the number of games to best out of five or best out of three, if you will, or whatever. I mean, you can modify it at will, basically. Yeah, It can be done, I'd say. Oh, actually, I sent out a question about the contracts and I did get a response. I'm going to try to translate here. Oh, damn it. Uh, Usual contracts goes... To the end of April, so we get a paycheck for April, and that's that's the hang on, last one until August. So yeah, they, it, so basically,
0: they, if whatever teams are in the finals, the teams are just going to be have to say, okay, guys, you're playing for free for a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, he goes on to Svenska. Hang on, Svenska. Swedish players are on a 12-month deal, so they're getting paid by somebody every month of the year as long as they are signed to an, an SHL team.
0: I would have so to assume it's, international it's a players between, are different.
1: Yeah, it's a difference between imports, apparently, and, and uh, domestic players. Yeah. That's cool. So that's yeah. got a bit of live clarification to it. I'm going to dig in more into that, and I'll explain more next episode.
0: Fantastic. Uh, do we really have much else to yes. talk about? Yes. We're going to pivot to the NHL now. Excellent. Yes. My boys awesome. won against the Maple Leafs last night.
1: God, uh, quiet. I have a question for you. <laughs> this team has three players having scored a combined 233 goals and 522 points in the past three seasons prior to this season. 233 goals and 522 points in total combined out uh, of these three players.
0: The They're, only team that really comes to mind is Boston.
1: No, it's the Buffalo Sabres.
0: Wow, What?
1: Jack Eichel, Taylor Hall, and Jeff Skinner.
0: And They've they still suck. For,
1: yes. My <laughs> point exactly. Eichel alone, I'm not putting any blame on Jack Eichel because the guy is amazing. He he has uh, some 340 game points in 356 games or so, which is just bonkers Going looking at what they're doing here. So my point is, is Jack Eichel a Buffalo Sabre in... Two months.
0: That's a really good question. I mean, you see a Buffalo Saber next season? Oh, that's that's hard to say, honestly, because he's gonna he would be a huge trade piece, obviously, for Buffalo if they're looking to change things up. Because I mean, it doesn't seem to matter what Buffalo does; they just they they're just never good. I mean, you know, they had Rosmus Dalin in the top as the top uh, top draft pick, and I actually think I saw a was it maybe an article that they have 11 players on their squad that were drafted in the first round, six of which were top 10, uh, four of which were top five. And they just can't seem to do it. Because, I mean, you got Taylor Hall, who was first overall, Rasmus Dalin, who was first overall, Jack Eichel, who was uh, second overall, I believe. Um, and, yeah, they just they just can't seem to turn it around. But when you said that, yeah, I, I automatically assumed it was the Marshawn Bergeron-Pasternak line.
1: Yeah. Uh, obviously, with uh, both Taylor Hall and Jeff Skinner ha- not having played with the Sabers uh, in the past three—I mean, throughout all all the, all of those past three seasons—it's a bit of a stretch to go there. But their in their individual capability is uh, good. Yeah, and they still suck. And they do. I want to point out they have a goalie depth as well. I mean, okay, okay Carter, Hutt, Carter, Jesus Christ, talk much. Uh, Carter Hutton uh, isn't. I mean. Great, a goalie. I'd say Linus Olmark is pretty damn good, and honestly, Jonas and Jonas Johansson show, has shown some promise as well. So they got a good individual team. Okay, their D core isn't top level, but they should be able to get out more of this team, and it's just not holding up. My other question regarding Jack Eichel, given the cir- circumstances, even in a non-pandemic world, I don't think you can win a trade as the Buffalo Sabres, if you send away Jack Eichel where they are
0: right now. It's which... going gonna, gonna to cost too much to be able to win that trade for the Buffalo exactly,
1: Sabres. Exactly, and given what's going on right now, especially with the pandemic, um, they might just try to hold on to, uh, hold on to him. But if I was Jack Eichel, I'd be a good hockey player. But if I were Jack Eichel, I, uh, man, at what point do you kind of go, I've done my part here?
0: Yeah, um, and I mean... It's, I mean, look what, at, look what, at the what, is, what they put is, together with
1: with Mac, Mac David, but they've got a better setup, I'd say.
0: And what is Eichel getting paid right now? Eight million, I think. Ten. Ten. I'm, I'm okay. Pretty sure. You might not win the trade, but if you go out and get two or three pieces to split that ten million between, you could potentially, you know, diversify your roster and come away with at least one good player that wouldn't be equal to Eichel, but would definitely benefit your team because $10 million is a lot of money that you could spend over uh, a a couple of decent, you know, second liners and maybe a a bottom three defenseman. But but do you want a
1: second liner for him? I mean, if I were uh, the GM of of the Sabres and I was was to send (laughs) Jack Eichel away, I would like a top prospect, a first round pick, and someone able to go... straight into my first line right away because that's the I mean people don't understand how good Jack Eichel is given what where he's playing, I think.
0: Well yeah, and um, you know, maybe the Sabres want to look at perhaps also uh, another rebuild, which Eichel was supposed to be the cornerstone of their previous rebuild, but go and after previous, him. Previous and previous and, and yeah. previous and previous oh, yeah. but maybe if they're able to take Eichel and trade him for a high end prospects and a couple of first round picks.
1: Yeah, but they're gonna up, lose Taylor Hall, all to free agency. Space. Yeah, it's uh, probably. It's I, I've heard rumors a, about him resigning, no. but why the hell do you want that?
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good time. Well, it's never a good time to be a Sabres fan. So, as a as a Canucks fan, I can sympathize because it basically is the same for the Canucks.
1: So, Timothy, if you're listening, um, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I have a friend who's a Sabre
1: fan, and he's not happy right now. Poor Tim. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about from the NHL? You want to go in a five-minute Vancouver Canucks rant?
0: No. I just make myself sad.
1: <laughs> I hey, mean, actually, they have,
0: they have turned things around a little bit over the last couple of games. They yeah, uh, yeah. had that big four nothing win against the Jets, and then knocked off the Maple Leafs last night with a three one victory. And they're four four and two in the last ten games. So it's you know you know they're not doing too bad. They're definitely doing better than they have this season. So. I it want to all started any- so well with that first game against the Oilers where we won 4-1. Yeah. to one. It was such a... And so that's the high point of the season, game number one.
1: Good for you. <laughs> uh, I don't want to take anything away from, from the win uh, last night, the 3-1 win against... <clears throat> sorry, the Leafs, like you said. But the Leafs came off a pretty good stretch, though, having uh, scored 13 goals, just allowing one uh, in three games against the Oilers. Uh, it was actually the third time... In his career, that Connor McDavid went off the ice in three consecutive consecutive games without a point.
0: Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, well, just as a Canucks, well, just as a Canadian in general, I'm so so upset the Maple Leafs are doing well.
1: I'm not. I kind of
0: like the Leafs. I yeah. I, I really shut do. your mouth.
1: <laughs> I don't have any loyalty attached to an an NHL team. I, I just follow stories. I think I'd like to see you know rebuilding teams make doing well and see their prospects kind of flourish and uh, I've been I kind of hopped on the what want to do want Toronto to do well when they were in the Austin Matthews race a couple of years ago and now you, you kind of follow the prospects like Mitch Marner, Pierre Engvall, uh Ilya McKay for that matter, William Newlander, Justin Hall it's a great story as well I kind of like their their Travis Dermott is awesome to watch I, I like their team I like their their players you kind of get attached to to them doing well I, I like that about the energy you don't see that in the in the shl because you're if a team goes into too deep of a rebuild they're out so
0: yeah uh i you know what i'm not a big fan of austin matthew's mustache uh no it's a bit of 1970s <laughs> porn, it, it? It, yeah it just it looks it just looks weird yeah but- uh, yeah, so you know I,
1: I I like him sporting it though. I don't like it, but I like him doing it because oh, yeah, a, he, he rocks a with confidence. He does, yeah. And I mean, he's a good player. He he does whatever the hell he wants. I just want to point out that Alexander Kerfoot is a great guy. <laughs> I, I I when he was playing with the Avalanche, they played Ottawa in Stockholm. And I kind of read up on him. I mean, he came from NCAA or high school? whatever No, not high school, but uh, oh, whatever. He came from college USA hockey. I, think. Yeah. I might have been. Uh, straight into the NHL, and I asked him, you know, you're always smiling out there, even though things kind of not go your way, you're still smiling, and he just turned to me and said, you know, dude, I'm getting paid to play hockey in the NHL, it's the best job ever, and I can't imagine doing anything else, and I, I it was so, you know, down-to-earth, kind of honest thing, because, and he then he told me, he's just a hockey fan playing hockey, and I love that. He just keeps his foot solid on the ground. I think many many hockey players are like that, but that's kind of a conversation that will never go away for me because he just so it was genuine happiness. Well, the
0: the one thing I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here, talking about that. The one thing that I've always kind of been a little bit frustrated when it comes to professional sports players in general is the fact that they, you know, they go ahead and say, oh, I love playing in this city, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But then they move to another team for an extra half a million dollars when they're making $8 million a season anyways. It's, 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 it's. you know what, it, I, I guess I could never speak to that because I'm never going to play that level of hockey or make that much money. But if I was in the team in a city that I enjoyed playing in, I would take a pay cut to stay in that city. And I, it, it's just something that's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way about professional athletes.
1: I see your point. I really do. Um, just not to I mean, that wasn't really the the conversation piece with Kerfit, but I see your point no, here. Yeah. No, no, I, I know, I know, I know what you're saying here. Um at the same time, their window of playing is so short. You gotta make the mon- the most money you can can do because many of the guys, even though they go through, you know, college or whatever, and sure you make a, I mean, you make the GDP of a small country every year, but if you can make more money, go for it. It's your business. So, I, I see the the club loyalty kind of thing uh, has has gone haywire to me. I'm sorry, but it's not the the sport we we grew up watching, and uh, I think that's that will be a rude awakening for mo- many SHL fans as well. Uh, you know, everyone pride their loyalty to their club, but you as a fan, I think you should you should be kind of prepared to be loyal to the, the 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 crest rather than players because they will move on at some point
0: yeah I, well yeah you make a good point with a you know a, a lot of nhl players obviously i mean it's only probably the top five percent of nhl players will play more than five or six seasons and so when you say you know that these lower tier guys have to make the money when they can is that a, that is a good point but you know when you look at some superstars that um, you know, go on to free agency, and the team that they've been playing for for the past ten years offers them, you know, six million dollars, and another team offers them six point five, and they decide to go for the six point five. That that just kind of, you know, rubs me the wrong way a little bit because I mean, these guys are making enough money in one year that most people could retire on. Are you talking about Jakob Markstrom here? I'm. I I, I, I may may maybe a little bit bitter about that and a couple of other Canucks players that had left for the Flames. <laughs> We should point. We should at some point we should post this on YouTube. No, because the face of Dave was <laughs> something else. Uh, it's uh, Markstrom and Tanev leaving just rub me the wrong way. Tanev especially. He's he was he he was just such a staple for the Canucks defense. And uh, <laughs> yes, I'm a little bit bitter about it. As are I'm many many Canucks fans, Tanev. especially especially because they went to the. Flames, okay? If they had gone to, like, the Islanders or the Lightning or something, it's fine. They're far away. It doesn't matter. But if if Markstrom, because Markstrom kind of just tried
1: to put any more salt in your wound right now, if Markstrom had signed with Edmonton, would you have been as better? Yes. Okay.
0: Well, uh, well, Markstrom, it, it's kind of an understandable thing as well because the Canucks were obviously uh, preparing for the expansion draft where they would have either had to put Markstrom or Demko on the chopping block, and the plan was to build a team around Demko. So Markstrom leaving and the Canucks not really making an effort to keep him is understandable.
1: That's uh, a business decision from that, both that's sides, a, That's say.
0: a business decision from both sides, exactly. Markstrom went out and got what he wanted, which is understandable for him. Um, Tanev was... Ugh, that, that one hurt to lose Tanev.
1: Yeah, I can imagine.
0: Did he uh, wear the A as well? Uh, I think at some point he did. Oh. And it was definitely a, a bit of a lower loss. But I also am really bummed that the Canucks weren't able to re-sign Troy Stetcher. Because he was Dude, so much so fun good in. with the Ridleys. He was so exciting to watch in the postseason last year. And it was, I, I was really hoping he'd be able to come back. That one and Tyler Toffoli. You know what? I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> How many
1: goals did Tyler to- You I, Shut up. Uh, just want to go back to Tor, tor- stretcher uh, stretcher. Sorry, uh, I want to re- shout out the uh, Wayne Wheel podcast. Ryan Hanna, Brad Crisco, and Evan Lobsinger. It's a great show. Uh, we're going to have them on to talk expansion draft NHL hockey a Swedish prospects at some point. I'm going to reach out to Ryan actually uh, later on today. Uh, we'll see if we can get some sort of podcast mix up going with everyone in the same chat room talking NHL hockey and. Going back to stretcher, I mean, he's gelled in very well with the Red Wings. I really like that pickup. And I went when I saw him signing with the Red Wings, I went, hmm, that's not just interesting. That's really interesting. Well, I think he's a bit players. underrated.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely, and I think he's one of those players that is gonna fit in no matter where he finds himself. Exactly. He, he puts a he puts 110 into every shift. He's uh he's a real spark plug out on the ice, and he has some flashes of brilliance as well. I mean, he scored an absolute highlight reel goal in the playoffs for the Canucks last year. So, uh, yeah, it was sad to see him go because I was really looking forward to maybe seeing him again play for the Canucks.
1: Uh, at some point, you might you might. Um... You might see him again, but uh, I can also see him being a cornerstone for the Red Wings of the future because how old is he? He's not a, that old. Is he? He's 26 uh, or something? Is he?
0: Let's take a look, Tony Stetcher, Google. He is 26. Good call. Nailed it. Plus, um, he is a hometown boy. He's from. He's from Richmond. So.
1: Okay. There we go. Yeah, uh, anything else to talk about the NHL? We could probably go into another hour here, but I'm actually hungry and I'm going to go to lunch. So,
0: Yeah, I'm uh, going to go for a bike ride. Um, the bike ride, let's, enjoy this sunshine.
1: Yeah, let's Try aim to for a show Tuesday prior to the games, I think, if that's possible. Uh, because-
0: well, maybe we... Oh, oh no! Maybe we should do after Tuesday, just because we got that full slate of games on That's Tuesday true. night. That's true. Yeah. Well, maybe let's aim for Wednesday morning, and then we'll have lots to talk about. That's actually
1: a great point. And if we can get an interview prior to that, we just add it to the show. And uh, we yeah. got a couple of uh, feelers out there, a couple of players, a couple of uh, former GMs, uh, and uh, that. Podcasts mash up with with the the Windwheel podcast guys. They're they're a hoot.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, All right. uh, shout out our patrons before we sign off.
1: We are gonna we are going to shout out our patrons, and I'm gonna shout out to t- Tobias uh, a little bit extra because I didn't give I didn't say his name last last, uh, last oh, dare episode. You. No, because. He his his uh, his payment didn't go through, so he they go they go away <laughs> he's from taken off the list. No, actually, it goes automatically on the list because I always put up our relationship manager here, and uh, he wasn't on it. So I went, oh, maybe he stopped paying, but he did go. He's created the intro and outro to the music, and he's paying. He's paid more than more than uh, he's done more than most. Uh, not to take anything away from anyone else, but he he did reach out to me right away with. Oh, I just had a new card. Uh, I'll be paying again soon. So <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Vyas. Also, shout out to Linus, Andreas, Anton, Zachary, and Lucas, Lucas, who helped us set up the Rick, uh, Richard Lindner interview. We should mention if you haven't uh, listened to that, please go back and check it out because that's an awesome, awesome hockey talk as well.
0: Yeah. So thank you very much to our patrons, and of course, uh, oh, as... thank oh. you to Eric as well for providing me with the microphone. Ah, of course. And uh, as always, make sure to stay safe, wash your hands, and
1: support your local business now more than ever. Also, please donate to Children's Cancer uh, Research. I'm going to go into a story next uh, next episode.
0: Perfect. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, like we said, we're hoping to come up with another episode on Wednesday, so we'll talk then. Bye.